And with this music, we start a new down the rabbit hole, a new trip. Uh -huh. Hello, Carl. Hello, Rafa. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Yeah. With a great day today again. A beautiful Sunny day. Spring is here practically. Spring has sprung, possibly. Although I'm expecting that maybe we're going to get the last kick from the winter. I think we're going to get a little shocker cold snap or something. Probably before we fully get into this, spring. This isn't a weather forecast. <laughs> I've stopped doing that. Now. Yes. Well, if you are new to listening to our show, mm. well, we're a, a podcast that talks about sci-fi. Yeah. Science, tech. sometimes uh, tech, mm. uh, sometimes conspiracy theories. Yes, uh, we love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah, of course. We mm. go through all those, and we have different sections during the show. We have the news, we have yeah. the main topic, we have some very interesting facts, and, and we have an knowledge and, at and, the end, and an and finally, and cool. finally, yeah, um, different topic every week. And today we're going to talk about. Uh, Well, Very interesting that, that that title, right? The title is "Say Hello to Your AI Overlords." Oh yeah, we, we are revisiting the topic of artificial intelligence. Yeah, so stay with us because right now we start with the news. Right. And this week we also have the news. Oh yeah, got some really yep. interesting, interesting ones. ones. Go on with the uh, first. We one. start with one that it's how uh, can we say funny. Yeah, and, and tragic. Was, and at the same time, yeah. <laughs> so, now, the, the title is superb. Yeah. Pavement lights guide smartphone zombies. Now, we've all seen them, haven't we? Right? Yes. So, the pavement lights have been installed <clears throat> at the pedestrian crossing in the Netherlands town to help smartphone users to cross the road safely. Yeah, because the, bless them, they keep getting <laughs> run over. Yeah. Yeah. So, because people is usually looking at their phones and they have to cross... A street, yeah. The light system is also in the yeah the lights. strips. Yeah, so the lights they're supposed to cross when the light is on green, but of course they're not looking, right? No, they're so, looking at the ground at the phone. So this strip is embedded in the pavement at the end of the each end of the crossing because uh, potentially it's in their line of sight. Yeah, they might see it. The poor things, you know. They well, might. since you know we have peripheral view, our view is uh, bigger. Yeah. We're watching the smartphone, but we can see. Yeah. The strip in the floor, yeah. indicating when we can stop, we should cross. It is very worrying, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It is very because we've uh, obviously observed endlessly people, smartphones, zombies walking down the pavement, right? And uh -huh. they, they literally are zoned out. Right? The funny part is that the authorities said, Well, we put this to help people, you know, that is in this that are in this situation. But actually, it's not a good idea to help uh, mobile users to look at their phones. No, and that we don't want people to use phones when they are dealing with traffic, and that yeah. people always uh, must always look around them to check if cars are actually stopping to but the it, red signal. Yeah, but isn't this this is Darwinism at work, isn't it? If they if they are not intelligent enough to realize they need to look up when they cross the road. Mm -hmm. They don't deserve to live. Actually. <laughs> well, And they certainly shouldn't be having children. That's why they are calling them the smartphone zombies. The smartphone zombies, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> and the next one then. Ah, right. This is a, a quite a big story in that um, the thing involved is incredibly huge, which is the, uh, oh, yeah. uh, the Event Horizon Telescope, I think it's called. It's actually called... I think it's called, yeah, the Event Horizon Telescope. Yeah, exactly. And it is a virtual telescope which is spread across a large array of radio telescopes 
from the South Pole to Hawaii, from the Americas and Europe. So it it forms this huge array. It's huge. All the data is brought together in a humongous data crunching center. Mm-hmm. And what they're looking to do is image the monster black hole that is at the center of our galaxy. Yes, it's wow. out there, folks. Yeah. And we've been, we've made some kind of peripheral observations in that um, um, astronomers have been able to see the movements, the telltale movements of stars around this black hole, but they still have yet to image the black hole. And uh, they're hoping that they'll be able to image it, the object, which is called Sagittarius A. Sagittarius A. Because obviously it's right in the middle. Uh Um and it's thought that the black hole is, or the horizon of the black hole, is something like 20 million kilometres across, which is absolutely minuscule when you consider how far away it is. Right? Because we're far away, yeah. We're a long, long way away, thank goodness, right? So, anyway... So, they're 26,000 light years 20, away. That's, you know... That is still a long way, even though, you know, it's the 21st century. That is a long way. So uh, they're going to try and uh, um, vision the object in the next few months. And apparently it will take a number of months to actually crunch the data to actually get anything out. Um, But it's very interesting. Our main topic for today is artificial intelligence. Yes, we've covered it before, but this is more of a... We were intrigued before about the potential effects on uh, the wider aspects uh, on the effects on society by Mm -hmm. this wave of artificial intelligence and so on. So this is why we're revisiting it, right? Yes, this time uh, a total different focus. Absolutely. Or, well, it's related, but it's uh, mostly about what's going to happen. Yeah, the impact. The impact uh, on society. Who, who is going to feel the impacts first? Mm-hmm. Uh, what might be the ultimate uh, effects of this and so on? And we're fo- focusing mostly this time economy yeah. speaking. Kind of economy. Kind of. And what Social is, as well. Well, what is called, uh, I think this is the, the same in English, in most uh, countries, what is referred to as the social contract, which is, yeah. if I talk about the UK, where I come from, uh, the social contract is not something that is written. It is a kind of like an understanding. So yeah. the social contract is, uh, I elect you, Mr. Government, or Miss Government, and basically for my uh, respecting of the laws and so on and so forth, you protect me from my enemies and you provide me the means to earn a living or make it possible for me to have a job to earn a living to buy all these things that are being made. Mm -hmm. And that is the social contract and it exists in obviously most or in every country, whether it's capitalistic or not, there's some kind of social contract. But AI is going to impact that and we'll see why as we talk about because uh, as ai gets more developed mm. industries will start to automa- automate we'll change, right? uh, a lot of processes a lot meaning less employees well i think we should start with a couple of simple 
factoids. Okay, right? yes. The first one is very interesting. This applies to the US. And yeah. basically, uh, since the year 2000, since the millennium, uh, having survived the uh, Y2K bug that never happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that, right? Yeah, it uh, Anyway, since the year 2000, only half a percent of American workers are employed in industries that have emerged since 2000. So these are new industries, companies. Yeah. They account, we're now in 2017, and only half a percent of the American workforce works for those kinds of companies, which is Mm -hmm. telling you something about what kind of companies they are. And, of course, we're talking really about your Googles and your... Um, yeah, all, all those social media, for example, All companies. that stuff, right? Now, here's another little factoid to go with that, which, again, is very telling, which is that Instagram, the photo-sharing app that we yeah. all know, right, uh, that is obviously a post-millennium company. It hasn't existed very long at all, mm-hmm. maybe five years, maybe, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, that was bought in 2000, I'm and saying 12. five years, because it says 2012 here. Um, Facebook bought um, Instagram in 2012 for $1 billion. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, even now, that is still quite a lot of money, right? It is. It is, right? They bought it for $1 billion. It at the time, in 2012, it has even more now, but in 2012, it had tens of millions of users. Now, just bear in mind that Facebook bought it for $1 billion. How many employees, yeah. right? <laughs> the number of employees in 2012 when it was bought for $1 billion was 13. Only 13. 13 employees. Yeah. Right? So... Uh, Instagram is a very good example of what the first factoid was talking about, about these new industries. They are very low low rates of employment in these companies because everything is computerized. Yeah. And in many ways, these companies don't deal in physical products. They Mm -hmm. are information products, right? But in this case, we're also talking about normal industry. Mm. That is going to get affected. Yes, this is what we're talking about. We're going to mm-hmm. cover as well. But what has happened since 2000 with these new industries, that is going to continue. Right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Because the age of, uh, shall we say, basic manufacturing uh, for advanced economies like the US and like the UK, for example, and in fact many developed economies in the West – all their manufacturing has moved around the globe, right? Towards Mm -hmm. China, towards all those countries. So a lot of these developed economies are moving into post-industrial kind of economic uh, states. And um, there are a lot of jobs in these developed economies that are at risk now. Mm -hmm. And in fact... Uh, what we, in our research, what we found was that um, the there was some research done in the US where um, it was shown, for example, that in the US, around 10% of all jobs involve driving a vehicle. 
That might be a bus uh-huh. in mass transit. It might be a tube, a subway, train. It might be a chauffeur-driven car. It might yeah. be a lorry, a, a truck. Yes. Uh, the truck is the more interesting one. All of those um, jobs are under threat from AI in the form of self-driving vehicles. It's uh, coming rapidly. It's right? increasingly growing. It is rapidly. Even Uber. Self-driving. Even know. Uber, and we've had this discussion before <laughs> yeah. about, how about working for a company who is actively pouring millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, into replacing you? <laughs> yeah. And that is actively happening with Uber. If I was an Uber driver... I think I'd know what my future was, which was <laughs> not being an Uber driver. Not being driver. an overdrive. <laughs> For sure, right? So, yeah. Uh, uh, somebody actually came out with a very interesting idea, which I <laughs> thought was amusing, which was that um, we'll go on in a minute to the kinds of jobs that are going to get replaced, but, which there are a lot of them. Yeah, from drivers to sex workers. In fact, maybe we... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was very interesting. Um, in fact, if we look at it, there's an article. Um, there was a study done in 2013 by Carl Benedict Frey and Michael Osborne, mm-hmm. and they examined the 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 paper or article was called "Automation and Anxiety." Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not so often you hear those two words together like that. Anyway. They did a study of the probability of computerization for 702 occupations. Okay? Mm-hmm. And what they found in the US, to start with, what they found in the US was that 47, 47% of workers in the US had jobs that were at high risk of automation. Or potential automation. That's half of the population actively working, <laughs> which is a lot. of the working population, right? And it's the same number for Japan. It's the same number for Japan. Interestingly... The uh, UK is less. The UK is less. Now, this is interesting about the UK because as the... Uh, from the people that brought you the Industrial Revolution, <laughs> um, basically, what has happened in the UK over the last 30-odd years is that there's been an emphasis on growing uh, kind of, uh, how shall I say, creative industries, intellectual industries, industries that you're not manufacturing a thing, you're working with data or whatever. And in the US, these are more difficult jobs for AI to penetrate. Mm -hmm. Anything that involves uh, use of intellect, uh, empathy, uh, you know, like a nurse or a, a care person, mm-hmm. somebody in the care industries, uh, or in artistic endeavours or whatever. Um, so in the UK, the equivalent figure of um, occupations that are that are potentially at threat is actually 35%, uh, because of that, um, because of people, so many more people working in creative fields in the UK economy. But even so, 35% is still a lot. Right? Yeah. And um, 
in this study that was done in 2013, uh, the two authors particularly warned that most workers in transport and logistics, such as taxi and delivery drivers, and office support people like receptionists, security guards, uh-huh. are likely to be substituted by something AI-ish. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, so you can imagine a security guard. I know that there is a US company that actually is actively marketing right now a AI, uh, a robotic kind of semi-autonomous security guard. Mm-hmm. And you just set it off and it wanders around the outside kind of the premises. Kind of a company like uh, the one that, uh, how, is, how is it called? Um, uh, what, in the movie? Um, Robocop. Robocop, right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, let's hope they haven't equipped... OCI. Let's, let's hope they haven't equipped it with one yeah. of those miniguns, right? <laughs> Although I would like to see that going off. But they are ex- estimating yeah. estimating that um, by 2025... Mm, 2025 seems to be the big... The date when this yeah. kind of... Uh, the AI apocalypse yeah. is upon us, right? You can actually see the difference between AI taking over jobs. Yeah. And this is, this is triggering a, a big question. Many questions. What do you well, many actually, yeah, but yeah. I think the main one is what will the population do yeah. when you have no job to do? Exactly. And we, we discussed this, didn't we? Which is yep. that th- there's actually two camps right, mm-hmm. uh, in regard to AI and its economic and social impact. There are the uh, reasons to be hopeful camp. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God bless them, right? And uh, the reasons to be concerned camp. Now, if we just, let's just walk through those two groups, shall we, what their kind of themes are. So I will do reasons to be hopeful and you can do reasons to be concerned, right? Okay. So let's start with reasons to be hopeful. And this is based on a good slug of history, actually. That Uh uh, key theme number one, Advances in technology may displace certain types of work, but historically they have been net creators of jobs. Now, very good examples of this, for example, is uh, during the Industrial Revolution uh, in my home country, um, there was a huge displacement of farm workers because machinery started doing their jobs. Interestingly, there was actually not, yes, there was a decrease in employment of labour on farms, Mm -hmm. but there was an increase that was over and above that loss in factories. So basically those country workers then migrated to urban areas, Mm -hmm. towns, and were employed, many of them, in factories that were manufacturing those machines that were replacing their jobs. But in addition to that, there had to be new jobs created maintaining those machines. Yeah. And this is the historical thing mm-hmm. of that technology tends to displace a group of workers. A portion of them retrain, not all of them, mm-hmm. a portion of them retrain, and there is then this emergence of new employment that didn't mm-hmm. exist before. Right? So that's key thing number one. Key thing yeah. number two is that uh, society will adapt to the changes by by inventing entirely new types of work. Uh, 
and that the types of work that people will tend to go into are ones that use uniquely human characteristics, like yeah. empathy, for example. Right? Uh-huh. So more people will become, and let's face it, the world needs more psychologists, right? Mm-hmm. So as an example. Yeah. Um, key thing number three, technology will free us from day-to-day drudgery and allow us to define our relationship with work in a more positive and socially beneficial way. Now, <laughs> I actually think that's a bit pie in the sky, right? That's, yeah, so that's, that's like rainbow in the yeah, sky. Yeah, that is a bit rainbowish, right? And I totally agree with that. I don't think that will happen. <laughs> but, but the fourth theme is ultimately we as a society control our own destiny through the choices we make. Now, I don't entirely believe that either. Yeah. Not, yeah. not that we don't control our destiny, but that we are ourselves being controlled. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I suspect that if big business wants to automate your job, that's what they're going to do. That's going to happen. That right? will be the choice. And, and you get fired or laid off, and it's up yeah. to you to find something to replace mm-hmm. that. So how about you? Yeah, the concerns. Giving us the concerns. So reasons to be concerned. Yeah. Number one, impacts from automation have... Uh, Uh, fair impact mostly blue-collar employment. Yeah. The coming wave of innovation will threaten also the white-collar uh, work workers. as well. So like uh, uh, people working in law offices. In law offices and so on. So, for example, I can give you yeah. an example of that, which is in the U.S. particularly at the moment, um, there is a new industry emerged. Well, mm-hmm. this new industry uh, is AI software that has come from IBM, and you know the IBM Watson yeah. project, mm-hmm. which is spinning off all kinds of stuff. We use this uh, emotion detector for emails and stuff like uh-huh, this. It's uh-huh. very interesting. Um, but there is a spin-off from the, um, the IBM Watson project, which is what's called a discovery bot. Now, you know, in like in, in the US, they have court cases, and they have this what's called the discovery phase, which is where the legal teams have to find all the supporting evidence references and all this stuff. Blah, blah. And well, apparently, um, this uh, IBM product has completely, rapidly made inroads into the discovery function in law offices uh-huh. where, where it was previously done by a... Paralegal a para- person. A paralegal or a, shall we say, a junior lawyer junior. Uh-huh. on uh-huh. their, you know, on their climbing up the greasy pole stuff. Uh, it's now being done by this uh, AI uh, mm-hmm. that does all the discovery. Now, there's an interesting thing happened. You'd think, oh dear, doesn't that mean people are going to lose their jobs? But what has actually happened, and I'm, I'm not dissing your reasons for yeah. concern, but... Um, what has actually happened is that um, the cost of doing discovery has plummeted, and apparently now in the U.S. in U.S. court cases, judges are actually saying, "Let's do more discovery because it's so cheap." Right? <laughs> yeah. And the number of paralegals employed in law offices has actually gone up because uh-huh. they're doing so much more discovery work. Quite interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Plus, there's some discovery that has to be done by a person. Yeah, it can't all be done by... The, yeah. You've always got to have some, you know, pair of eyeballs on it and yeah. uh, make a judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, number yeah. two from your Number two. Uh, certain highly skilled workers mm. will succeed widely in this new environment, mm. but far more may be displaced into lower-paying service industry jobs. 
at best or be suffering for permanent unemployment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is interesting. That is uh, an interesting one. And number three is mm. that the educational system is not uh, correctly preparing us for working in the future. Yeah. And the political and economic institutions are poorly equipped to yeah. handle all these uh, yeah. choices. I mean, we should be talking about this stuff. This should be being talked about at the highest levels yeah. in government, shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Right now. Right now. Because it's going to take... We know that education is like an oil tanker. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just spin the wheel and it changes direction. It takes time yeah. to make the changes to get the educational product coming out the other end. Mm-hmm. It? And that's how uh, also came this thing about... Um, uh, Elon, not only Elon Musk mm-hmm. mentioned this, but other people have mentioned it about the universal income yeah. One of the main purposes of universal income... And this is, is that, going back to the social contract thing. Right? Exactly. Once AI starts to take over mm. uh, jobs and universal income comes into action, yeah. uh, everybody will have uh, assured every month a certain amount of money to survive. Mm. Mm-hmm. And one thing you were mentioning in your positive things is that people will create new jobs. Mm new ways. Mm. And to do that, you need to have the time to actually think about it and do it, right? I agree. I agree. So with universal income, they are thinking that this could solve that problem. Yeah. Making people be, become more creative. Yeah. Although there's people saying that also at the beginning, there will be a lot of abuse from yeah. this kind of thing because people will not do anything. But ultimately, I think people will start to become more creative mm. and dedicate more time into the creative process, not only in the sense of um, art, mm. but even technology. And artisanal products, right? Yeah. Handcrafted. And this will actually probably create a, another jobs. step yeah. also in human evolution as well. Potentially. And a, you know, a reordering or reproportioning of how mm-hmm. the economy works. Exactly. Because there was there is some evidence already... You know those two sites. One is, um, what's it called, Rabbit? Is it called something Rabbit? Where you can post on there small jobs that you want doing. There's many, uh, many. There are many of those. Uh, the uh, MTurk from Amazon. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And you know that site Etsy? E-T, Etsy, of course. Which is a global platform where most of the stuff on there is handmade. It's handmade, it's handcrafted. And, yeah. and you can obviously access a global market with your artisanal product Mm -hmm. and apparently there is evidence that people who are uh shall we say long-term unemployed inverted commas um for example in the u.s if you're unemployed for longer than a certain amount of time registered as unemployed they actually remove you from that list Mm -hmm. but not many people know that the the employment figures in the u.s unemployment figures are complete rubbish because (laughs) if you are uh continue to be registered as an employee beyond a certain point, I think it's nine months or something, they actually remove you from that list. You were then classed as not seeking work, right? <laughs> yeah, Believe it or yeah. not, right? And there is evidence that people in that situation are turning to these micro uh, kind of uh, sites, these like Etsy and so on. Yeah. And there's a there's a, going to be a resurgence as we go forwards of artisanal... Mm-hmm. Product because obviously we live in an age of mass production, 
Yeah. Um, interestingly, there was a there's an interesting way of looking at it, which is uh, that mass production is uh, the same product being sold to millions of people, but the the world of custom or uh, bespoke manufacturing, which is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. is um, small amounts of a particular good uh, being sold to many millions of individuals. Yeah. So it's like the complete inversion of uh, the concept of mass production, and potentially we're going to see more of that, which is interesting. Yeah, and there are a set of uh, quotes that are very cool, actually. They are very interesting, aren't they? Very interesting, and maybe we can read some of them. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Want to start with the first one? I'll do the first one. This is from uh, a guy, uh, Jerry, my, Jerry Michael Ski, I think he's called. Mikalski. Mikal- oh, sorry, yeah. Sorry, I misread that. Founder of Rex, the Relationship Economy Expedition. He was asked for his comment about um, AI and what it's going to do. And uh, he's quoted as saying, automation is Voldemort, the terrifying <laughs> force nobody is willing to, to name. name. <laughs> yes. Which is really The nice. one that should not be named. Yeah, it's like the elephant in the room type stuff, right? <laughs> but for the Harry Potter era. Um, yeah, what about that yeah, next the one? Yeah, ne- the next one is by uh, Stowe Boyd, yeah. which is the lead researcher at uh, Gigaom Research. Mm. And his quote is like this. The central question of 2025 will be, what are people for in a world that does not need their labor and where only a minority are needed to guide a bot-based economy? Yeah, that's quite a powerful statement, mm-hmm. isn't it? And uh, the next one, the last one in the quotes, I think, is um, from Amy Webb. She is a CEO of strategy firm Web Media Group. Uh-huh. And uh, she's got a very nice little um, uh, little snip, which is, the collar of the future is a hoodie. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, now, I wanted to go back, Rafa, to uh-huh. a very nice quote or an idea that uh, somebody commented on one of these research papers, which was um, mm-hmm. maybe let us talk about the future where uh, we have uh, robots manufacturing stuff or working in an office doing whatever the job is or as a receptionist or whatever it is. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it's, shop assistant, right? Because we looked, yeah. I think, in our news about that shop in California. Or they work from home through a... From any country. Any country. Through one of those robot. telepresence yeah, things yeah. with the TV on top and uh-huh. the, the screen on top. And wheels and you move around. And we, yeah, exactly. Um, so imagine the future where this is really common and uh, whatever. Um, this guy came up with a really interesting concept, actually, which is... He said, uh, maybe the answer in the future, in this future we're talking about, is to actually stop companies from buying robots themselves, but insist that only employees can buy them. That's interesting, yeah. The company could then pay the employee for the use of their robot, so the robot would go to work on their behalf and eventually employees could have more than one robot and actually rent them out 
to whoever wanted them to work for them. Yeah, it's interesting, but at the same time, it's so exploitable. What, exploiting the robot? Or? No, people that will start to get like a um, uh, lot of robots. A lot of robots. Some and, of them cheap. Rented yes, them out cheap. But then I, I will say, for example, I have, uh, I don't know, uh, 100 robots. Yeah. That are I hate for, you for a very specific industry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you should hate me. <laughs> and you, then I can tell, you know, Carl, guess yeah, what? Yeah. Do you want a robot yeah. for, you know, earning some money? I may I'll, want a robot. I'll rent you a robot yeah. for, let's say, $50. Yeah. And you rent it to the company for uh, 75 Yeah. I keep the 25 And I get 50 Well, yeah. But isn't that capitalism? Yeah. Right? But that's what I'm saying. That the idea is good, but in the end, still some people will get more advantage than. Has it ever been thus? Right? Yeah, it's true. it's no different to somebody owning a uh, hundred JCB diggers, is it? Or taxi or cars? Exactly, or mm-hmm. cars or um, whatever. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I actually read a very interesting quote from Bill Gates last uh-huh. week, and he made a comment. That, you know, there was the recent. Davos thing in yeah. uh, uh-huh. wherever it was. Switzerland, is it? Mm-hmm. Is it in Switzerland? Yes. Yeah. The Davos um, forum, whatever Yeah, the convention, yeah. The yearly thing where all the rich dudes uh, get together uh-huh, uh-huh. pat each other on the back. And I the... worked once for somebody going there. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. God. Anyway. <laughs> name dropper. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he came out with a very interesting comment, which was that in this potential future we're talking about, if, and this is interesting, Two things. If AI has developed to the point where they are um, conscious, right? So they're regarded, they have rights, shall we say? Mm-hmm. That if an AI takes a job that was previously done by a human, it should pay taxes. <laughs> yeah. That are then used to help that displaced human. Uh-huh. Um, live. Mm-hmm. It's quite an interesting concept. Yeah, so, true. Uh, when, I'm sure we will get there at some point, but not during my lifetime. But uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so what else can we cover in this subject? I think uh, pretty much we talk what, what our concerns, what are the good things, the bad things. Yeah, so we're thinking... And as I personally... One conclusion that I think is mm. going to be very important or interesting since now also Finland started with a an experiment. an experiment is that universal income. Universal income, yeah. And I think Finland has been above a lot of things in, actually in general mm. in society in the world lately, mm. uh, starting by their education system and it, all this kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah? Quite, and how society works. They're quite advanced up there. They actually. are, I think, a step ahead of a lot of countries. Yeah. And in fact, they come high up on the... Um, countries where people are happiest don't they and the way of living is the best yeah exactly mm-hmm. the fact that it's dark for six months of the year is a completely yeah, different it's, uh, subject right? totally different yeah we're not talking matter. about that right no anyway so in conclusion uh the uh the incoming wave of ai and robotics and so on mm-hmm. there are two schools of thought one that it's going to lead to mass unemployment and a breakdown of the social contract yes between government and citizen and the hopeful and, one. And there's the other one, which, fair enough, is based on history, but I think we know that the developments in history so far that we use as examples, like the Industrial Revolution, blah, 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 uh, they 
unfolded over quite a long period of time, certainly generations. Whereas now, of course, the technology is moving much quicker. So these uh, emerging technologies like AI, it's not like it's it's going to take decades. It's not. Mm -hmm. So the amount of time we have to adjust is much shorter. Mm -hmm. But, so the alternative is, one is mass unemployment, breakdown of the social contract, social unrest, blah, blah, blah. The other one is, yes, there will be maybe a shock, shall we say. But Uh, it's going to get... It might spike, but there will be many, many more jobs created uh, around the whole. Mm -hmm. History has shown that this is what happens. A new technology does displace employment, people, but uh, history has shown that even more jobs are created from that evil. And that potentially that is what's going to happen. So the truth is probably somewhere in between, Mm -hmm. isn't it? You let us know. What do you think? Yeah, I'll be dead by then, sir. <laughs> Just tell us, what do you think about this universal income, about AI taking over the jobs? Yeah. Let us know, and yeah. let's move on with, and finally. Yes, let's do, and finally. We love doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will uh, see you on the uh, other side of, and finally. Okay. And uh, finally this week, we've got a little bit of a mystery, an enigma, a 7,000-year-old mystery, which is that uh, Greek archaeologists are currently displaying an object. It's a kind of a small statue, I suppose you might say. Uh And it's only uh, 36 centimetres high, which is about 14 inches. Uh And it is clearly a man-made or a made object. I'll not say it's man-made. I'll say it's made. Made. Just to maintain the Mm -hmm. mystery. Now, here's the thing that is um, making archaeologists and scientists as well actually really quite confused. The material is granite. Now, yeah. now we, I'm sure you all know, granite is extremely hard, right? You need tools. You need, you need a special kind of tool. Which is metal, metal tool. tools. Now, the problem is this object has been dated to 7,000 BC. Uh-huh. No, sorry, 7,000 years old, so that would yes. be 5,000 BC uh-huh. around, uh, which was prior to uh, the age where we had Metal, metal tools. tools. So the mystery is how was this made? And nobody right now can actually come up with an explanation. And the we have pictures of the object in our notes, uh-huh. and it does look rather odd, doesn't it, Rafa? Uh, looks like you said like a duck. It looks a bit like, like a, a duck. Yeah, a stood up like a Donald Duck. On two legs. I would say, yeah. yeah. Uh, it has, uh... Or is that a respirator it's wearing? No. Because it has, like, two legs. Two legs. Uh, some signs of... Maybe it had some kind of arms or... I don't yeah. know. Or a suit on. That's, uh-huh. I'm getting carried away. But sure, it looks a little mm. strange. It's strange, yes, of course. But it's clearly made. You can you can actually see yes, marks on it. carved. Yeah. And yet, um, it is on display until the 26th of March 2017 uh-huh. at the Unseen, or as part of the Unseen Museum mm-hmm. display in 
where is it? I'm just trying to figure out. I've forgotten where it is. Is it? I think it's in it's in Egypt somewhere. Probably, Probably Cairo or something. Um, so yeah, if you want to go and see it, uh, it's one of a temporary exhibition of some two hundred thousand antiquities held in the museum's vaults that are not on permanent display. And I have to say, it is a very strange-looking uh, object. And yeah. How it was made. Man-made? Alien-made? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know that there's this uh, theory that uh, there have been other civilizations, civilizations and they get uh, extinct. Nature takes over again. Yeah, extinction, event or something. We go back again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe this was the duck civilization, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't get any further than this. So, uh, just to finish with the news mm. and to complete the thing, mm-hmm. the unseen museum—it's uh, in Greece. Oh, not in Cairo, right? It mm-hmm. did say Greece at the top. Sorry about that. Yeah. So it's in Athens. In Athens, right? That yeah, would be, that would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm sure they keep all the stuff in the basement that they can't figure oh, out, right? Uh, makes you wonder what's exactly <laughs> around there, right? It's Indiana Jones territory, right? Uh-huh. And not only that one, but the Vatican keeps in the room. Uh, <laughs> what, goes, what goes on in the Vatican stays in the Vatican, right? Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. That's, that's the our, finally of this time. Yes. What do you think about it? Our little mystery. Yeah, if you have more info, let us know. Yeah. And uh, after this, we finish the finish the show today. Yes. So that was uh, say hello to your AI overlord. Overlords. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Get in touch with us. Remember, Please. go to our usual sites. Yeah. Uh, leave uh, some comments, ratings in iTunes. And if you're if, an if AI. You Please get in touch. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting, we'd right? Love, we'd love to interview you. Mm-hmm. An interview to an AI. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. It could be a first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we will talk to you next week down the rabbit hole. Yep. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Dark Mind Radio 2017.